Well, good morning. Welcome. Anybody come in expecting God today? Yeah, good. We're in the right place. That's awesome. I firmly believe that you will encounter God as much as you expect to encounter him. Uh, scripture tells us this, that as your faith is, so be it unto you. And it says that to all who ask will receive. And so I want to just do this this morning. I believe that uh, God has a word for each and every one of us today. And so I want to do this. I want us to just get kind of in a posture of receiving. If you just put your hands out like this. Don't have to. But if you want to, if you would do this. I want to pray this prayer today. Father, as we come here, you're already here. We've sensed your presence. You're moving amongst us. We are so honored to be in your presence today, and we've come today not to hear what Pastor Doug has to say, but Holy Spirit, we need to hear from you. And so we're just asking that you would speak beyond my words, that you would meet us where we're at. You know what each and every one of us need, and we're here, we're ready to receive from you. So we're expecting you to speak to us. And then, Lord, I'm going to pray boldly that whatever it is, you speak to our hearts individually. And I just believe you're going to speak different things to different people. I just pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to be able to act upon whatever it is you're speaking to our hearts today. And we're going to pray this. And all God's people said this together. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, you're, you picked a good day to be here. It's uh, cold and, and kind of snowy out, but it's warm in here. And uh, we're in the third week of our series that we're calling This Is Us. And, and we've been talking about vision for the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're talking about who we believe that God has called us to be as a church and uh, what he has called us to do. And I'm just going to keep driving this home that our doing is always birthed out of our being, that whatever we do is, is birthed out of who we are. And so, you know, kind people are going to do kind things and loving people are going to do loving things and generous people are going to do generous things. And, and so we, we always, what we do is always reflected by who we are. Um, you, you could work that backwards and, and we could say this, that uh, the things that we do actually reveal who we are. That, that it's revealing who we are really by the things that we do. And, and so as a church, you know, it's not enough for us just to say that we want to, to do certain things or, or be certain things. We need to continually be evalu evaluating what are we actually doing? Not just what we want to do, but what are we actually doing? Are we really who we say we are? And honestly, we need to be doing this in our personal lives as well, because after all, uh, what is the church? The church, and we say this all the time, the church is not this building. It's not, it's not this building. The church is not a set of programs but we, we talked about this in week one. We gave this. This could be a defini definition. There are many definitions, but this could be a definition of the church, that the church is simply a group of people collectively living out who God has called them to be. And then, because we're, this is who God has called us to be, then we're compelled and empowered by His Spirit to go out and do whatever it is that He calls us or leads us to do. And so again, I'm just going to keep on just kind of driving this home. We're talking about being and doing. Both of those are vitally important. 
And, and, and we believe that uh, we, we have a pretty clear picture of who God has called us to be as a church as we've sought him collectively and as we've thought about it and as we've prayed about it and we've entered into a lot of different conversations about what kind of a church does God want Connecting Point Church of the Nazarene to be. This is the vision that we believe that God has given to us to guard and protect and to nurture and to live out. And we're going to put it up on the screen and I want us to do like we did last week. We're going to read this out loud and and uh, my hope is that if this is not in your brain already, it gets in your brain and uh, you memorize this, you know it, this is our vision, this is who God has called us to be, okay? So let's, let's read this out loud together. You ready? One, two, three. Our vision is to be a church where everyone belongs and can genuinely connect, grow, and serve Jesus and each other. All right, so that's the target. This is who we aspire to be. Now, the truth is, you know, do we do all of those things perfectly? No, we don't, we don't do all of those things perfectly. We do, we do some of those things better than we do others. But the goal is to continually to grow in all of that. This is the target for us. And so we, we've talked about, um, so far, belonging, and we've talked about connecting. This morning... I want to focus on the importance of growth. One of um, our, our goals is that, that for all of us, regardless of where you are on the spiritual continuum, whether you know this whole God thing is brand new and you're just kind of investigating it, or whether you've been following Jesus for years, wherever you are, our goal is that you would continually grow in your relationship with Jesus. Growth is such an important thing. It's important primarily because growth is one of the evidences of life. All living things grow. All healthy living things, I should say, grow. Uh, they, 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 for, for you gardeners, I am not a gardener. In fact, um, I do not have a green thumb at all. I, I can't grow anything. And in fact, I'm such a bad gardener, I don't even know enough to know what I'm doing wrong. But I, but I do know this, if it's brown and wilty, it ain't healthy, right? Am I right? Yeah. It, the way, one of the ways that we know something's healthy is that it's green and growing. And uh, uh, someone, someone once said, when you're green, you're growing, but when you're ripe, you rot. We don't ever want to be ripe. We want to continually be growing. But, but what is true for healthy plants is true for human beings. I'm sitting here looking at the sucrose, and Ben's got this new baby sitting right there sleeping so comfortably. And I have a great, I'm great at putting people to sleep, but uh, <laughs> right there. But one of the things that we know about healthy babies is that one of the ways we measure whether they're healthy or not is are they growing? Take him in for a, a three-month checkup, a six-month checkup, and the pediatrician, what does he do? He measures them, he weighs them. They're in the, you know, the 80th percentile, they're in the 60th percentile. And, and, and if there's not growth that's taking place, then we know that something is wrong. If, it, if it's growing, if it's healthy, it's going to be growing. Well, what, what is true physically is also true for us spiritually. If as followers of Jesus, we, we never grow from baby Christians into toddler Christians and, and teenage Christians and then fully mature Christians or followers of Jesus or disciples, whatever word you want to put on it, 
then something is wrong spiritually with us. Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, listen, we're not to remain as children at the mercy of every chance wind of teaching and the jockeying of men who are expert in the craft of presentation of lies. But we are meant to hold firmly to the truth in love and to do what? Say it out loud. Grow up. Yeah, grow up in every way into Christ the head. Paul says that as followers of Jesus, we are meant to grow. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul gets a little bit more blunt with this. He's writing to the church in Corinth, and uh, this is a couple of years after his initial visit to them where he planted the church and established the church, and he's writing back to them, and he says this. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you. So when I was there, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. He said, then when I was there, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And then he says this, indeed, now here it is a couple of years later, and you're still not ready for it. In other words, Paul is like, guys, it's time to grow up. You, you have to, to grow. It's, it's time to stop living as fat little spiritual babies. Milk is great, right? But come on. If you want to grow, you got to have some meat. Sorry, vegetarians. Meat's in the Bible, man. Eat meat. you you, you got to have some meat. And the, the bottom line is this, is that following Jesus is not some, you know, stagnant thing where we, it, it's, it's not intended to be stagnant. There ought to be growth and maturity. Now, now I want you to notice what Paul says is the goal and what is the target for perfect maturity. Paul says this, he says, we are to grow up in every way into Christ. In other words, the target for us is Jesus. Jesus is the target. Now, now obviously, you know, when I talk about growing up into Jesus, I'm not talking about, you know, long beard and robe and sandals and whatever you envision Jesus to look like. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that, but I'm, what I'm talking about is we grow into um, thinking like Jesus. We, we, we grow into viewing the world and other people like Jesus. We, we, we grow into the place where we begin to love the things that Jesus loves, and we despise the things that Jesus despises. We, we grow into the place where we begin to prioritize, you know, what's most important, what is, what is near and dear to the heart of Jesus, and what's near and dear to the heart of Jesus begins to be near and dear to our hearts as well. L listen, our, our goal for every person who finds a place here at Connecting Point Church of the Nazarene. It's pretty simple. We just want to help you become more like Jesus. That, that, that's the goal. That's the, the target. We want to help you become more and more like Jesus as we're trying to become more and more like Jesus. We, we talk about this all the time, that the reason that Jesus lived and died and bled and was resurrected was for way more than just so that you could go to heaven someday when you die. That, that Jesus, he gave his life for, for way more than that. As awesome as it is, listen, this is even better. 
The reason Jesus lived, bled, died, was resurrected is so that you could actually become more like him. Amen, Doug. That's good preaching right there. You get to be like Jesus. He wants to make you like him. That's the goal. That's the target. Man, if I could just help us to get that. That that, that each of us were created to learn to live like Jesus. To act like Jesus. To to, 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 to feel like Jesus. To to talk like Jesus. to, To view the world. Whenever we come in contact with people, to see people not just through our own eyes, but through the eyes of Jesus. You see... Your entire purpose, if you've ever wondered, what is my purpose in life? You came the right morning, I'm going to give it to you right now. Your entire purpose in this world is to become like Jesus. That's why he created each and every one of us, is to become like him. We we were created to be like Jesus. I mean, you talk about a target. Jesus is the target. You you see, what Jesus came to do was not just to provide a home for us someday later when we die, but the reason Jesus came was to show us how we could live like him now. Now. Okay, so how do what Paul says we're supposed to be doing to grow up in every way into Christ, how do we do do that? Well, I want to give you four things just to keep in mind that I think will help you grow and mature spiritually. If you're a note taker, you might want to write these down. But before I give you the four, real quick, I want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of what the Bible means when we talk about spiritual maturity. In other words, um, what does spiritual maturity really look like, like in flesh and blood? Well, according, according to Jesus, which I, he's a pretty good source, According to Jesus, there's one simple indicator of spiritual maturity. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, and here it is. Jesus says these words. He says, a healthy tree bears good fruit. A healthy tree bears good fruit. So according to Jesus, spiritual maturity is revealed not not by how many times a month do you attend a church service, or it's not, it's not measured by um, how many Bible verses you've memorized, although those things are good things to do. But maturity in Jesus is based on one simple thing, and that is this. Is your life bearing any fruit? Is your life bearing good fruit? Now, in the New Testament, when it talks about fruit, there are four things that it refers to. And we're going to go through these real quick. Uh, the, The first one is this, is that fruit can refer to, in the New Testament, as the words that you speak. Well, what is the language that you use? Do you, when you speak, does your language, does it glorify God and edify others? Scripture tells us that the greatest thing that we can do is the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So the thing that we're called to do is love God and love other people. Is that reflected in the way that you speak to God and to other people? As we mature in Christ, our language ought to be impacted. The words that we use, the, the way that we talk to people ought to be impacted. The second uh, area of fruit that the New Testament refers to is not only in our words, but in our thoughts. 
In Philippians chapter 4, it says that whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Paul says, think about such things. In other words, if, if it's not any of those things, true, noble, lovely, pure, right, then don't allow those thoughts to occupy real state in your mind. As we grow in Jesus, it ought to impact our thought life. Now, let me say this, and and we're not going to take a whole lot of time here because we don't have a lot of time, but while, while we can't always control what thoughts enter into our minds, which, which we can. I mean, there are things that just sometimes pop into our minds. It's kind of the old adage, whatever you, know, whatever you do, don't think about pink elephants right now. And so, you know, moment you say that, what do you think of the pink elephants? But, so we can't always control what, what thoughts enter our minds. What we can do is we can control which ones we allow to occupy space in our minds. We, we, we can't always control every thought that comes in. I mean, it, it's amazing the way that we're wired, how outside um, senses can, can impact a thought. You know, you can hear a song or smell a smell or uh, there, there's something that can be out here and all of a sudden this thought comes into your, to your mind. And so we can't always control what comes in, but we can control what we choose to dwell on, to nurture, to possess space in our minds. And so part of spiritual maturity is recognizing through the help of the Holy Spirit that, hey, these thoughts are not God-honoring. They're not profitable. When it, when it comes to thoughts about other people, you know, when all this, you get, start getting frustrated with other people and all that, they're nothing but a whatever, we can either choose to dwell on that or we can say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't, I don't want to think those thoughts about, why would I think those thoughts about Samantha? I mean, why do I pick you? I don't know why I pick you. But, but we, can, we can do that. Is I'm not going to allow, it's not good, it's not profitable, it's not valuable, it's not right. I, I just, I, help me, Lord. And, and so we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us do that. The third one is this, is it's not just in our words and our thoughts, but in our actions. In, in other words, do we actually live out day-to-day who we claim to be? This is really an issue of character. Is, is the person that I am when nobody is around, is, is that the same person that I am when I'm sitting you know, on Sunday morning? Amen, brother, praise the Lord. Am I the same person on Monday that I am on Sunday? Do our actions reflect that we have a relationship with Jesus? Or when we look at our lives, the decisions we make, our priorities, really, do they look any different than somebody who doesn't claim to follow Jesus? You see, as we mature and grow in Christ's likeness, there ought to be a difference between those of us who claim to follow Jesus and what we do, how we live our lives, and those who don't claim to follow Jesus. And then, then the fourth one, and more times or not, this, in the New Testament, fruit really refers to this, and it, re- it refers to reproduction, about being fruitful and multiplying. In other words, healthy, mature Christ followers will produce other Christ followers. This is true of all healthy, mature living things, right? If it's healthy, it's going to produce. Healthy apple trees produce 
apples. Healthy tomato plants produce tomatoes. Healthy cattle produce cattle. And, and this is true not just of all of those things, but it's true of healthy Christians as well. Healthy Christians produce other Christians. And, and so if you've been a Christian for all of your life, and you're not reproducing, you've not, you're not investing in the lives of other people, you're not helping them to come and to know Jesus, you're not helping anybody to grow in their relationship with Jesus, according to Jesus, something is wrong, and you're not healthy. Jesus says, so every good tree will bear good fruit. He goes on, and this really needs to be a warning to us. He, he goes on, and this is Jesus. This is Jesus. So if you get upset, be mad at Jesus. Jesus says this. He says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And so then you will know them by their fruits. We, as we mature in Christ, are meant to bear fruit. To, to reproduce other Christians. All right. So let's get practical here for a moment. How can we actually do that? How can we grow and mature into healthy followers of Jesus to where we're bearing good fruit? There are four things that I want you to remember this morning, and we're going to go through these rather quickly. But the first one is this, is that when it comes to spiritual growth, spiritual growth is intentional. So it happens on purpose. In other words, when it comes to spiritual growth, it doesn't happen by accident. And again, this is something else we talk about all the time, that drifting in life never leads anywhere positive. That very seldom in life do we just drift anywhere positive. In other words, anything of value is always uphill. It always requires intentionality and effort. And this is, this is true spiritually. In order to grow spiritually, we have to choose to grow. I, I don't know how to say this any clearer than this, but you will get as close to Jesus as you choose to be. It's such a, we will be as close to Jesus as we choose to be to him based on the choices that we make. The, the truth is, we all get to choose. Am I going to be a spiritual baby for my entire life? Or am I going to, by intention, take the steps I need to take in order to, to be who he wants me to be? Am I, going to, am I going to grow in my relationship or not? We get to choose that. We all get to choose. Am I going to intentionally set aside time and space to develop the habit of getting in the word and allowing the word to get into me? Or am I not? Am I going to, by choice, uh, make other things a priority instead? We, we get to choose. Am I, going to, am I going to spend daily time in personal prayer? Or am I not? Am I going to make attending church a priority or not? Am I going to serve? Am I going to give? Am I going to spend time with other believers doing life together, learning from each other? Or not? Th those are choices that all of us get to make personally. And those choices will either lead us to growing closer to Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, or not. We get to choose, we have to be intentional. 
The, the, the second thing about growth is this, is not only is it intentional, spiritual growth is also incremental. And, and what I mean by that is it, it, growth is, is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens over time. But, it, but the only way it can happen over time is you got to have a plan. If spiritual growth is intentional and incremental, then that means you got to have a plan. Which, come on, it's true of most things of value, right? Here, here in a couple of weeks, Laura and I are going to go out and we're going to spend a, a few days with her parents out in Arizona. And, and how silly would it be if, you know, if, if we, were, we, were, um, we wanted to go, but we did nothing to prepare for the trip? I mean, nobody takes a trip without at least, at least doing a little bit of planning, right? Nobody, nobody, nobody approaches like, well, you know, I want to be, be out in Arizona on uh, the, the 14th, and um, I, my, my plan is this, is that on the 13th, I'm going to go to bed, and when I wake up on the 14th, I'm just hoping I'll be there. I mean, nobody approaches taking a trip like that. For us, we, we, we sat down and we, we, we sat at the computer and we searched for the best deals on airline tickets and, and, and we, we didn't wait until the day we were going to go to buy the tickets. We went ahead and purchased those in advance and, and, and we, we talked about some of the things, you know, that when we're there, we, we kind of like to do this and we kind of like to do that. And, and then we looked at our bank account and we decided, well, there's no way we can do that, we're, we're gonna, but we can do this and we decided what we could afford to do. In, in other words... We developed a plan. That, that's what you do whenever you're planning on going a, on a journey. Now listen, if we're that intentional about pl- planning for a short little journey that's only a few days, don't you think we should be at least as intentional in developing a plan when it comes to our spiritual journey? Yes. Yeah, that's the correct answer is yes. Some of you got that. That's good. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, that sounds great, but man, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. That, that's fair. And so let me just give you three practical things that you can plan and incorporate into your life in order to help you grow. And uh, these, these are three things that I've discovered personally in my own life that are, are most effective in, when it comes to my own personal spiritual growth. And I'm just going to tell you ahead of time. This is, this is like Christianity 101. I mean, we're not, we're not throwing at you rocket science here, okay? This is basic stuff, and, and that's good because, because some of us need basic stuff. I'm a guy who needs basic stuff. So the first one is this, is one of the things that will help you grow spiritually is just spending time in the Word on a daily basis. If you're really serious about growing spiritually, this is one of the best ways that you can do that. It's just by simply developing a daily habit of encountering God through his word. Finding a space at a, at a specific time. Some of you may find it helpful to, to open your calendars and to schedule a block of time, just like you would anything else. To find a time and a space where this is the time where I'm just planning ahead of time. I am going to spend time in the Word of God. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, that sounds great, but I don't even know where to begin that. I mean, the whole Bible thing is new to me, and, and which is awesome. We love that. We want to help you discover how to do that. And so let, let me just suggest this. First of all, if you don't have a Bible, after the service, stop by and see Pastor Brad at the uh, Next Steps table in front of the big You Belong Here wall, and we'll give you a Bible. We want to make sure that you have a Bible. But, but, but if the Bible is new to you, here's my word of advice. Don't open it up on page one and start reading in the beginning, in Genesis, all right? Go more towards like the back two-thirds. Actually, in the front, there'll be a list. The, the Bible is comprised of a bunch of different little books. In the, we call them books of the Bible. And go into the New Testament and begin in what is called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. I usually, when I'm talking to a new believer, I say, start in John. I love John. And so begin there. And the reason I recommend you start there is because the Gospels are all about Jesus. They, they just talk about the ministry and the life of Jesus. Just get to know Jesus. And, and do this. Once you read them, read them again. I did this actually last year. I spent about eight months reading nothing but the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'd get done, and I'd start over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'd get done, and I'd read them and reread them and reread nothing but the Gospels. Just, just start there. And, and before you read, I would encourage you, first of all, to do this. is just, just pray. Ask God. We believe that God through his Holy Spirit, speaks to us through his word. And so just ask him, pray something like, God, I'm, I'm getting ready to read your word. This is all new to me. Sometimes I don't understand it, but would you open it up to me? Would you help me to understand it? Would you show me what I'm about to read and how it applies to my life? And then, and then just read. Read a chapter. Now, I, I, I want to say this is that there may be times when you walk away from reading and you feel like, yeah, I got nothing, right? That happens, okay? But, but here's the deal. Even when you think you got nothing, you got something. You, you got something. The Bible talks about this. It talks about one of the things that we do is we take the word of God and we hide it in our hearts, the way we hide it in our hearts is by reading it. And so even in those times when we think we got nothing, I've had this happen so many times in my life where I've read something and it's like, yeah, I got nothing, but I read it, I hid it in my heart, and then months and months and months, maybe even years later, there's a situation in life that happens, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance a verse or a passage of Scripture that I read months and months and months ago. And it's just what I needed in that moment. You've had that happen before, haven't you? I see heads nodding going like, yeah, we've had that happen. Why does that happen? Because you hid the word of God in your heart. But listen, here's the deal. It can't happen if you don't read it. And so spend time daily in the word of God. The second important habit in growing spiritually is this. Regular prayer time. The bottom line is this, that we're talking about a relationship, and, and what's true of every other relationship is true of our relationship with Jesus, is all relationships require communication in order to grow. This is why prayer is so important, and, and, I'm, and I know that for whatever, prayer can be intimidating, 
In fact, it seems like that the hardest thing to get people to do is, is to pray. But I, I want to I really encourage you. First of all, understand this. Nobody's an expert when it comes to prayer. We're, we're, all, we're all learning. We're all growing. I am not an expert when it comes to prayer. We, we are all, this is an area of growth for all of us. And the best way to develop the skill of praying is the same way you develop any other skill. Just do it, baby. You just do it. I mean, by practicing it. And so again, let, let me just offer a suggestion, okay? Here in a couple of weeks on, on Wednesday, February 1st, is what we call our first Wednesday worship and prayer night. And we do this every first Wednesday of the month. We meet right here in this room from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. for an hour of worship and prayer. And so we spend 20, 30 minutes doing just what we did uh, at the beginning of the service. Brian and his team will lead us in a time of worship just to spend time glorifying God and magnifying God and getting our hearts right. And then we spend another 30, 40 minutes or whatever it equates to just spending time in prayer. And we pray in lots of different ways and we try and do some teaching in that to help people know how to pray and that kind of thing. And, and, and one of the great ways to learn how to pray is by listening to other people pray. And, and you can do that on Wednesday nights. And I want to say this, parents, this is a family-friendly event, and so kids are welcome. In fact, parents, one of the best gifts that you can give to your kids is to allow them to observe you learning how to pray other adults praying. See, I believe, that, I believe a lot of this stuff is way better caught than it is taught just by experiencing it. And so this is a great opportunity to do that. And so if you want to develop your prayer life, learn how to pray from other people, come check it out Wednesday, uh, February 1st, all right? The third habit for growth is this, is, is not just praying and not just spending time in the Word, but find a place to serve. Just, just find... Y'all still with me here? Okay, good. I want to make sure. I don't always see or hear right, but yeah. So find a place to serve. Now, I'm not going to take a bunch of time on this one because we're going to spend the entire Sunday morning next week talking about serving. So if none of you come back, I'm going to like, they don't want to serve. So come back next week. But, but, but one of the things I've discovered is that there is some specific growth that takes place in a person's life that happens only when you serve. doesn't happen any other way. And, and don't ask me to explain it. It's supernatural. I can't, I can't explain it. I just know that it's true. I, I'm telling you, as your pastor, when I serve you by preparing messages like this, it does way more for me than it does for any of you. Those of you who are teachers, you know that. Right When you teach and you prepare, you, there's just something that happens. When you serve other people, when you give your life away for other people, when you, when you build into other people, there's just something that God does in you that you can't gain any other way. And so there's three things I just gave you, right? Time in his word, prayer, find a place to serve. We'll help you do all of those. We'll talk about the third one next week and spend some more time on that. But okay, so principle number three, all right? So spiritual growth, it's not only intentional and incremental. You gotta have a plan, but this one is huge. Spiritual growth is relational. It's relational. Now, I said this last week, and I'm gonna stick by it. One of, one of the most powerful things a person can do to grow spiritually 
is invest in relationships with other followers of Jesus. It's one of the, the most powerful things that you can do in your life if you want to grow spiritually. And, and again, here's another thing we talk about all the time around here. Following Jesus was never intended to be a solo sport. It was always intended to be lived out in the context of community with other people. We need each other. We need each other. You need other people whether you realize you need them or not. We need each other. And there's a reason why when you look through the pages of Scripture, especially in the New Testament, there are so many verses that include this one phrase, one another. In fact, in the New Testament alone, there are 59 one another verses that are all linked to a command of how we're meant to do life together. We're commanded to do things like encourage one another, love one another, be devoted to one another, accept one another, serve one another, forgive one another, teach one another, comfort one another, pray for one another, and on and on and on. Some have called this the ministry of of the body unto itself. The the Bible has another name for it. In the Bible, it's simply called discipleship. Anybody heard that word before? I I thought a lot about this, and and I'm afraid that in the modern church, unintentionally, I I don't think this is on purpose, and I don't believe that it is, But the modern church has totally shifted away from the original model of discipleship. Just the way that it was intended to be lived out, at least least according to Jesus and the early church. When we think of discipleship, we tend to think of something like this, right? Now, that kind of what, what comes to mind, we, we think of a group of people who meet on a certain day at a certain time of, of the week to, to study and to learn from some guy who's the, you know, the talking head, this guy's the expert, and we've all come to be discipled by and to learn by him, and, 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 and that's kind of what we tend to, to picture. And I, I'm not saying that discipleship can't happen like that, I believe it certainly can, but I'm convinced that genuine discipleship, more often than not, was intended to look like this. Come on, fishermen. Or, or, or maybe like this. Or, or like this. People just doing life together. And in the process of doing normal, everyday life together, uh, we, we get to live out all of the one another's that we've been commanded to live out. It just comes as an outflow of who we are. Remember, what we do will always flow out of who we are. And I could get in trouble for saying this, but I've come to a point in my life where I really don't care. One of the problems that I believe that's developed within the church is this, is this thinking that the church has to program everything. 
Like, like you know, it's this thinking that, that the church is responsible for, for program. Now, now, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be any, we're not going to do any programs. I'm not saying that, that there shouldn't be any programs. I'm not saying that at all. But, but I've seen what's happened as a result of this thinking that, you know, it's the church's responsibility to, to program this and they have to program that, especially when it comes to things like spiritual growth and maturity and, and even, honestly, what we talked about last week in connecting with each other. What, what's happened is when we rely on the church to program it, what we're really doing unknowingly is we're just simply shifting responsibility. We're shifting responsibility off of ourselves and onto an organization. Is that, you know, now it's, it's the church's responsibility to ensure that I grow spiritually, personally. It's your responsibility to make sure that I do that. And I hear this all the time. I hear it from people who come here from another church or people who, who will leave here to go somewhere else. And their complaint is, you know, I just wasn't growing. Or, or, or I, I never really felt like I got connected. And so when I have the opportunity to have these conversations, I always try and take advantage of it. And, and I'll ask the question, okay, so, so what did you do to try and get connected? Or what are your spiritual practices when it comes to growing spiritually? And inevitably, every time I ask that question, I, I, I get this look like, like I've asked them to explain to me the laws of thermodynamics. Like, just a blank. Listen, one, 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 of, the, one of the churches that I grew probably the most spiritually in my entire life was a church that when Laura and I first started attending there, I absolutely hated it. In fact, the only reason that I went was that Laura really was pushing the thing and she wanted us to go there because we were, we were driving from the little town that we lived in past this church in about 20 miles into another church and, and, and she really, our kids were at an age where she really wanted our kids to attend church with the kids that they were going to be going to school with and, she thought that was, and I thought that was good too. And so we went there, but I didn't like it. I, I really, you know, I didn't get anything out of the pastor's sermons, didn't particularly enjoy the music, I, I wasn't serving anywhere, we really, you know, we were only attending on Sunday mornings and didn't really like any of the programs that they had, and, and one day I was kind of complaining to myself about the church, and the Holy Spirit convicted me, he'll do that sometimes. But the Holy Spirit convicted me and he said, hey, Doug, you know, I, I, I want you to understand something that the real problem's not the church. The, the real problem is you. It's your attitude. And, and the reason that you're not growing, the reason you feel stagnant, the reason you don't feel connected, it's because of you. And in that moment, I had a choice. I either could agree with the Holy Spirit or I could do what we tend to do in situations like that is fall into the trap of believing of, oh, the, the problem could never be me. 
You know, I, I have this conversation with people sometimes when they, they come in and they tell me all of the problems. You know, I've got, I, I've got a problem with my parents and I've got a problem with my kids and I've got a problem with my boss and I've got a problem with my neighbor and I've got a problem with the guy down at Walmart and I've got a problem with the person who walks by their dog by my house and he poops in my yard all the time and I've got a problem. And when, when they get done with all the problems, I, I sometimes will ask the question, is there a common denominator in this anywhere? I mean, I mean, it seems like the, the consistency here is you. We, we don't want to look at that. But, but I, I had a choice to make, and fortunately I decided just to trust that the Holy Spirit knows more about me than I know about me, and so I chose to trust Him in this moment. And, and it was amazing because as I began to submit to the Holy Spirit and, and really begin to focus on the three things that I just talked to you about, time in the Word, time in prayer, I looked for places to serve, and what's crazy was that when I began to take those steps, there was this hunger that began to develop in my own heart to know Jesus more, that there was this excitement that began to grow in me the more that I encountered him and the more that I experienced him. And, 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 and with that, I had this deep longing that developed with me to hang out with other people who were hungry. I, I was drawn to other people who seemed to have the thing it was that I wanted to have. And, and so I, I, I did this. I'd grab them, or I'd call them, not like grab them, but grab them at church, or I'd call them, and I'd say, hey, you think we could grab a cup of coffee sometime? Or um, would you guys be free to go to dinner sometime? Or what are you guys doing Friday night? Would you like to come over to our house, and we want to come over and have pizza? In, in other words, I personally began to invest in relationships. And in the course of hanging out with these folks, I was hungry for Jesus, and it seemed like they were hungry for Jesus, and, and we just did, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to have this big, come over because I want to have a big spiritual moment. We just did normal stuff. And, and during the normal stuff of life, guess what happened? We had spiritual conversation. We, 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 we wound up praying for each other. We would encourage each other. We would challenge each other. All of the one another stuff that we're supposed to be doing just began to kind of flow out of the natural process of just investing in each other and doing life together. And guess what else happened? Once I personally became hungry for more of Jesus, all of a sudden my pastor started to preach better. I don't know what happened. He just got better. And, and, and as I began to worship and engage, all of a sudden, I liked the music a lot better. When I began to build relationships, all of a sudden, I kind of like this church. This is a good place. I'm glad that I'm here. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, attending Sunday mornings wasn't enough. I just wanted to hang out with this people, these people every opportunity I, I could. And this is the crazy thing. I'm convinced God has such a sense of humor. But this church that at first I didn't like at all, I wound up becoming a member of. I wound up serving on the church board. And eventually, I wound up serving as one of their pastors. <laughs> you, you see, what I'm trying to help you understand is that discipleship was never intended to be a program, but instead just simply a lifestyle. 
And when we try and program it, what we're really doing is really just shifting the responsibility off of me for my own personal growth, and I'm shifting it onto an organization. And the problem with that is that the church was never created to be an organization. It was created as an organism, a living, breathing, continually growing body of Christ. And so if you want to grow spiritually, and again, here's the bottom line, you will be as close to Jesus as you choose to be. So if you really want to grow, I want to challenge you to do a couple things. Number one is this. Pray. Just, just ask God to increase your hunger to grow. You, you see, the, 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 the real truth and the prob, real problem for most of us is that if the truth were to be known, we're just really not that hungry. I mean, when you're really hungry, most of us don't understand what it's like to be really hungry physically. But, but when you're really hungry, man, you'll do whatever it takes to satisfy that hunger. I mean, you may hate Brussels sprouts, but if you're really hungry, you'll eat them Brussels sprouts, man. We, we need to ask God, would you, would, you help us, would you help us to develop this kind of hunger to know you and grow in our relationship with you to the point that we're willing to do whatever it takes in order to see that happen? So the first one is pray. The second one is this, is start investing in relationships with other hungry people. Last week, I challenged you, before you left, meet somebody. Now the challenge is, I gave you a second challenge, within 30 days, do something with them. Now, now the challenge is live that out, man. Do, 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 do what I did. Hey, can we grab a cup of coffee together? You may grab a cup of coffee together, and you find out, I don't even like you. <laughs> That's okay. You got to be nice to them. Not everybody, you know, not everybody is drawn to every. It's the truth. You can laugh. Come on, let's be real. Right, Brad? Yeah. I didn't pick him out because I don't like I love Brad. But, but, but you got you to gotta take the steps. In, invest relationally. I'm telling you, this last week, uh, it's, I guess it's been a little bit over a week ago, but we, we had Ben and Jamie Sucraw over to our house for a game night. And, and they came over... And we, we never even got to the games. I mean, we just got into a conversation, and we, start, we just kind of, it's a natural flow. It wasn't anything forced. Uh, you know, what you do flows out of who you are. And in the process, we, we had, you know, we had spiritual conversations. We, 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 there were things that were said that challenged me and encouraged me. And, and I think I grew because I, hang, I hung out with those guys. I'm telling you, your personal investment into those kinds of relationships will help you grow in ways that nothing else will. If I had a wish as your pastor, my wish is that I would hear over and over and over again stories of people who are like, man, we hung out with so-and-so. It was the best time that we had. We just, I mean, building relationships, loving on each other. I saw somebody posted on Facebook a week ago, said something, there were a couple ladies who went to coffee and they were like, man, before you knew it, we were together for four hours. And I'm like, yes, do that. Do life together. All right, one, one last thing. We're going to be done. I'm going to let you go. Is that um, 
The last principle on spiritual growth, and, and this one really is the most important, is that spiritual growth, when it comes down to it, it's incarnational. And, and what I mean by that is that real growth only happens as a result of Christ himself at work in you. It's Jesus living inside you. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. This is a very important verse. He says this. He says, talking about himself, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. He says, I no longer live, but it is Christ who actually lives in me. And the life that I live in my body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, as we're talking about maturity, the goal is Jesus, to live like Jesus. But it's not simply just trying to copy Jesus. It's actually allowing Jesus to live his life through us. And in other words, the goal is not imitation. The goal is inhabitation. Letting Jesus live through me. Listen, nobody can live like Jesus like Jesus can live like Jesus. So, so it's me submitting and saying, Jesus, you do what you want to do. Jesus, you, 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 you help me. You want me to love people? Then I need you to help me love people. There are some people I just don't love that much. I need you to help me. You want me to be kind to people? Jesus, I need your help to be kind to people. You want me to always tell the truth? Jesus, I need you to help me to tell the truth. Holy Spirit, when I don't tell the truth, I want you to convict me. I'm giving you permission because I want to do that. I want to live like you. The bottom line is that none of the things that we talked about this morning can happen on our own power. We, we, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us and lead us. And that's why these practices are so important. It's not the practices themselves that by my reading the word of God, by my praying, then all of a sudden I am able to do what I could not do before. No, what it is is by my submitting myself to Jesus, spending time with him, giving myself to him, what I'm doing is I am making myself available for him to do in me what I could never do for myself. But it takes that willingness and intentionality to say, I, I, I'm going to let you do this, Jesus, rather than, you know what, I'm pretty good. I'm going to live my life Monday through Saturday. I'll catch you on Sunday. Don't be a spiritual baby. Let's get off the milk. Let's eat some meat. All right? Stand with me this morning. Father, we are so thankful this morning for who you are and how much you love us. And we're thankful for this, that you, not, you came, Jesus, not just to save us from our sin and to live, deliver us from our sin, as great as that is, but you came to, to lead us and guide us and direct us and grow us. And we believe this with all of our hearts today, that you, you, there's nothing that we could do that would ever cause you to love us anymore than you love us right now. And there's nothing that we could ever do that would cause us to love you for, or to have you love us any less than you love us right now. Oh, but we're so thankful this morning that because you love us, you don't want to leave us where we are right now. That you want to continue drawing us into your own heart and 
teaching us and leading us and maturing us. And today, Father, it's the cry of my heart. I want to be a pastor that bears good fruit. I want to lead a people whose lives bear fruit. I want to be a church that bears fruit. We want to reproduce whatever it is that you're doing in us. And so, Lord, would you help us to do that? I pray that even this week, there would be some who take me up on the challenge to say, you know what? It's been hard for me. I've taken a stab at it in the past. I wasn't successful at it, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going I'm to carve out some time. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to open the word of God, and I'm just going to read it. I'm going to carve out some time every day. I'm just going to make some space to have conversation with God, to, to talk to him, and, and, and even take some time to be quiet to listen to him. I'm going to find a place to serve. I'm going to find a way to give my, myself away. for not, not, I'm, I'm going to do something that's not about me, but about others. I'm going to model Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that as we do that, you would help us to grow in Christ-likeness. And that's our prayer today. We trust you and we love you in your name. Amen. You are dismissed.